Side TV. What's up? We got a uh, co-host Jeremy Scipio. You know what I'm Go saying, on, everybody. And then we also have uh, one half of EPMD, PMD, Parrish Smith. What's up, Parrish? Okay, what's up? Ah, uh, cool. So now, nah, man, I, I want to uh, thank you for uh, coming on to a little platform, helping build and everything. But uh, yeah. first of all, man, I gotta say thank you, man. I got I gotta say thank you first for uh so what you saying was played in my parents uh in the den several times after school. You know what I'm saying? And it was a big yeah. it was it was a very big deal. That song was was wow. a big deal. And then uh through hip hop, I was able to run into you a couple times, but it was just kind of yeah. like a quick little fume fume, you know what I'm saying? We had we somewhere you guys there. Uh dressing rooms might be kind of close, but not too close. Not really a chance to just say a, a really what's up or a proper pound. Right. But I, but I do wanna wanna bring up a little history before we hop off into the interview. And oh man, <laughs> I'll say this, uh Jeremy. Paris saw me. Now you know me, Jeremy, and you know I'm a cool dude, man. Like, man, I'm not like it take a lot to ruffle my feathers. Harris mm-hmm. saw me on a moment, on a, on a day <laughs> where feathers was standing straight up. You know what I'm Yo. saying? <laughs> feathers <laughs> was standing straight up, and and this is the funny thing about it. We were in we were in we were in Amsterdam on Rock the Bells. Uh-huh. Uh Were you in Were you in Prague the night before too? Was we in Prague? I'm not yes, sure. definitely. Well, we did three. It was Prague, um, 
to London and, and then Finland, Helsinki. Because I remember you guys in London because uh, that hotel, the hotel yes. had all the stairs, the, all, all them stairs on the way up. So anyway, we, was, we were in Amsterdam. <clears throat> I got into it with somebody and we were walking and we, we wanted to go to a, to, a, uh, to a coffee shop. And so we try, I think we tried to go to one and they were like, well, you know, we, we don't take, uh, we don't take cards. You got to have cash. So there we go. Go <laughs> cash. And for this particular person I had got into it with, something just told me and I was like, man, and dude, you got, you got to take into mind who I am, Jeremy. I don't get my feathers. Don't get ruffled, man. I don't get emotional. Mm -hmm. So I was walking with a couple cats and I said to myself, man, I want to apologize right now. I don't know if he's in there, but if he in there, me and him going to be hugging and we going to, <laughs> we gonna turn. Yeah. This, we gonna turn this up. So let me yo, keep in mind, yo, we six hours ahead of time with passports in our pocket. <laughs> but that wasn't a factor for for him at the time. Oh, no. he was, he, oh he was dialed in. Man, you know? so I'll, the timing, the I'll timing was really, really incredible. You know, it's like mm -hmm. you know, two cats focused on getting the same goal accomplished, and being in the right time at the same place. So I was home for a couple of years. Uh, that Rock the Bells was the first one on a level like that. These was like big venues that we was rocking in. Mm -hmm. So, well, we got like an eight hour flight on the way in, the plane land, it's raining and everything. And just the timing, the real cats know you drop the bags, yo, you come downstairs, head on the swivel, location, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. I could have went to the right, I chose to go to the left, same. Next thing you know, soon as I get in there, all this energy rolled up. But kind of like us, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of the same stuff that we deal with in hip hop, you know, on our side. Yeah. And yeah for yeah. some reason, we just was able to click and poly, you know, yeah. at a point in time. Because sometimes when you feel strong about something, you can't hear it at the time. You know, you need somebody really there. And he, yo, he was definitely on. But just that we've been able to poly to this day. Yeah. To this day. To this day. No, no, yo, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's major. No, because your man, I, because your man saw me first when I was about to walk in, and then he went and got you. And then you came out. And like, we hadn't even walked in, Jeremy, but I, it's just me having the feeling this cat's going to be in there. And then Paris uh, came up to me and was like, oh, man, this shit is mm -hmm. small. Man, you need to just smoke a blunt with the cat, sit down, work it out. He's like, man, I've been through some stuff that's just way more ridiculous than this. And he really like uh, uncle in hip hop to me. And we've never been that type. Like, mm -hmm. it's just so crazy because we were on the same tour and everything. But it was, yeah. so, it was so many people on the tour, Jeremy. It was uh, Nas. It was a uh, Feral Monch. It was most yeah. death, uh, EPMD. It was us in. Uh, I want to say Doom poked his head in at some point or so. It was it was a, it was a big deal. You know what I'm saying? It was a big yeah. deal. And so to me, uh, not only just as a black man, but as a fan of EPMD for Paris, mm. I, I dude, I didn't even step one foot in. He came out, but I wasn't out yeah. creating ruckus. It was just like. We had five, we had, we had walked for like 10 minutes to get to the coffee shop and we were just talking out in front and their man saw me. So I knew, I knew they man. So he just came up and was like, oh, woo, woo, woo. So Paris came. So man, I just want to thank you, Paris, for, uh, you know, not letting Yo, me major, get- No, major, because very few can relate. 
Like, you know, <laughs> I was calm, just chilling. But he, if it was an RPM tack from 1 to 10, he was definitely 10 plus. But he had an open <laughs> mind and he had, you know what I mean? He had the ear there. Uh-huh. So I was definitely uh-huh. there. You know my team. You know my crew. We've yeah. been doing it. So that's why that's really that's one of the top three stories in and and um my hip hop career. Because I didn't look <laughs> I at made it the like top. that. You understand? <laughs> I didn't look at it into hindsight. That was real, real. Oh but, no. You know, like it was like we was in the same crew for years, but we just seen each other. Yeah. You know, we passed each other before. Yeah, and so you didn't see each other in a minute. Yeah. And I was the first man in and I was talking to him, and he just wasn't there. And I was like, yeah, I know that. I know that look. I know that whole, like, yo, nobody's home. So I was like, but yo, we got passports. Yo, we ain't even grabbed the mic yet. There's a whole bunch of stuff you got to back them, man. You know? Yeah, and it, it just worked out. So that's one of my top three because that means something. That I was just there being me. You know, because my crew, I got a big crew. So through all of these years, the 34 years being in the game, I've seen a lot. You know, you know, but I come from the real school. I come from the Chuck D, the public enemy, you know, um, run DMC, Jay, you know, discipline, Will Smith, Charlie Mack. There was no mm-hmm. playing. So anytime thing would, would get left, you know, when things were good, we'd be on the run DMC bus and everything was good. But then when we mm-hmm. would act up and we start that RPM tax start getting towards 10, you know, we get shipped to the public enemy bus for about three weeks, got to do some push-ups. You know how the whole thing go like, nah, nah, nah. Okay, yo, we good money back on the runs bus. <laughs> you know, just I'm gonna growing. Tell you. The whole point is the culture to be there in the beginning and then the seed evolved to 2020. That was one of the intricate things, man, because it meant something. You know, it's our stuff. So people love to see you come back and, you know what I'm saying, not represent hip-hop in the light that it, it should be represented. Because if uh, the people before us didn't take the time, then we wouldn't have had that slot, you know, for uh, the artists before our generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you right now. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lift a few things from you. One is a uh, poly. Like you, you, I know what you mean by that, but you just slipped in there. You know what I mean? Just being an architect of language. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Okay, let me write that down. You know what I'm saying? Oh, poly. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Politics. You oh know yeah. What I'm yeah, yeah, it's just yeah like because yo, you got to understand, man. We was like six hours ahead of time, Amsterdam, you know, moving. But just I just so happened to just be there and and be there first. And it was when we was really repairing hip hop, so we knew so yeah. many people were watching, so many eyes, and it was really nothing to me because when you know when it's real, then it's real. But. Mm-hmm. For our path to cross, you would think we was down in the same crew for ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, the way we and I didn't know, yeah. I didn't know how intricate it was. So that's why even to this day, I'm like, you know, you know, the boxer who says to this day, to this day, yeah, yo, <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Yeah, what, what years? What year was this? I would have to say maybe 2008. Yeah, 2008 to summer, 2000. No, it wasn't summer. It was, it was 2008, 2009. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, that's- 2008, because yeah, we had the We Mean Business album out at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we just got busy also on the Rock the Bells in America. Okay, yeah, we were we on that. Too- oh, no, 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 because we, we were on it on 2008. So you were already, so you were on the one before us. Because I know before that, we hadn't really passed each other. Like, we might have been at the same space and place, but we weren't like, yeah. More- 
dressing room next to each other, and it was just like, yeah. okay, what's up, what's up? It was more like that moment we really got to know, like, that was it. Yo, no question. You couldn't even imagine. It was like, yo, and that's the real deal, man. That's like with everything on the line. You know how it go, man. You know how it go, and he was definitely there. But it's the new hip-hop when, like, yo, this is ours. It ain't like we come in here doing this with someone else. This is ours. So it's like tearing up your own crib. You know, we're going to tear our house up. We can move some furniture. I'm just saying, though, we're six hours at a time. Yo, you know, we got passports in our pocket. Yo, we ain't even going to be speaking the language. So after this, it's going to get hectic when they pull up. Mm -hmm. You You know know? what? I got to give a shout out to Lies. Uh, Paparazzi, your partner, uh, Lions Main Records, because he was really kind of like the mayor in the whole situation of us reconnecting. And yeah. uh, and the reason that I'm saying it that is because uh, his his cousin Dave from Daylight, we have a yeah. similar uh, relationship, but but kind of different. But where he's like from an old school cat that's been around the block a couple times, he's talked to me and just told me certain things. And where my where might have come from somebody else, it just kind of like oh man. But then it's coming from him, and it's kind of like well, you can argue a lot, but you can't argue experience. <laughs> like, right. Mm-hmm. You can argue a whole lot, but you cannot argue experience because it's it that is what experience is not a uh what do you call it? It's not a uh what what's the word I'm looking for? Uh <laughs> I want to help you out. I can't think of anything right experience now. Experience is fact. It's not somebody's imagination. It's not how you could maybe take something or whatever experience is just what is and so um right i appreciate you for that tell me this what was the first time that you realized that you had like a a talent for wordplay wow well i know since uh since a young age like uh i would say 1979 78 just hearing hip-hop back there with king tim the third you know when rappers the light came out but it wasn't until I would say about 82 when my older uh, brother and sister started really getting involved with Zulu Nation and going back and forth to the Bronx River and the T Connection. Okay, so it was a whole different level because back there, um, before it was even called hip hop, it was organized. So they used to go to these shows and after the show, you could record the show and buy a cassette of that show that you went and got busy at that night or had fun. So I was the 13-year-old waiting for my older brother and sisters to come home with the tape. Then when they would come home with the tape, four or five o'clock in the morning, I would go outside, start the car back up while they were sleeping and listen to all the music, all the MCs, Chiba Chiba come to the front, wherever you are, come to the front. You know, and that's where the, the imagination began to start. But I started off as DJ Easy P for Smitty D, my older brother in the rock squad. Okay, so I showed him. I was like 14, 15. I had two turntables, uh, 15 inch woofers, 10 inch. You know, my pops is from Brooklyn, Marcy. So basically, it was a street game out there in Long Island. But I only seen the turntables where I was going. My pops seen danger. So he got me the turntables to keep me in the crib in the basement. And then that's where the break beats came in. That's where the It's My Thing, the seven minutes funk, and stuff like that. So by the time I got to eighth and ninth grade, that's when the rapping started. Then E moved to my neighborhood. 
okay? And it was kind of wild because I was the DJ about to mess with the rapping, but E was so nice that I didn't have to mess with the rapping no more. I used to just listen to him rap even though I knew how to rap. That's mm -hmm. how it goes. And then that's how it started with the beats. Because you always go from a DJ to production. You're back there messing with all the loops, you're spinning all the stuff. So the rhyme part wasn't a priority at the time until we actually started going to the studio. So I would mm -hmm. say about eighth, eighth or ninth grade uh, started messing with the rhymes, but more was the DJ than the lyricist. And then once we got to high school, and we started getting closer to the real world, that's when we started putting the pedal down and actually going to the studio to record this, my thing, and your customer. So I'd say like the 10th, uh, 11th grade. And you had to be nice on the mic where I was at. It was no playing. <laughs> it, it was the same way where you was at. Yeah. So just the way we stand with those mics now, they were doing it, only they didn't have no contracts. You know, at those block parties, I'm telling the truth, like, you had to think about grabbing the mic and I'm a keeper of the stack. Even back there, I wasn't grabbing the mic in that. You know, I was like 14, 15, like Burgermeister, Bismarck was just like, he was it. You know, Bismarck was everywhere as soon as it started. <laughs> Yo, you know, as a kid, when you go to the uh, to the basement party, you see Bismarck. You go to the mall for the holiday business at the mall, truck jewels, like, yo. So you in there shopping for different stuff, business just posted up when you come in the mall, just nuts flooded with jewels. So you'd be like, yo, that's what I want to do because you see everybody's around him. He's the man. <laughs> so that's how the rap uh, at a high school level because we all was from Brentwood, meaning myself, Biz, uh, Burgermeister, Disco Richie, Divine Sounds, what people do for money. All from the same town. And then you have uh, De La Soul. It was three towns away in Amityville. You know, so Dave and them was like three, maybe about four. Then you have Rakim, who's three towns away in Wine Dance. Then you have Public Enemy, who's about six towns in, in Nassau County. So after a while, so close, you'd be the scared one who was scared to jump in the pool if you didn't jump. <laughs> so I was like, yo, bring in the choppers, son. <laughs> so that's how it went. Nah, that was tight. Tell me this. Was there anybody who was in junior high school with you that you felt was tight, but, uh, you know, they never kind of just really popped off, blew up, blew up like that? Yo, you're asking the right question. Did I? I knew a lot of, yo, I knew a lot that show you didn't want to play. Like, for real, you get ate up for real. The mic game was serious in Brentwood. See, a lot of people sleep on Long Island, but it wasn't like that with Brentwood, CI. Wine Dance, Amityville, it was real. So when you grab that mic, you better know what you're doing because, yo, you start losing momentum, it can be a problem. Same thing on the DJing aspect. So that's where you had that, that's, you know, like you listen to all our rhymes at the house. They had a house, they had the mics on the mantle. Look at the DJ and said, may I? And lit it up like the 4th of July. Everything was a observement, observation, because we was the young guys who wasn't old enough to be at the party, but we were mm. seeing it. We wasn't just seeing the mic. We were seeing the violence. Yo, we were seeing a lot of shit. You know, after, come on, man. You know, it wasn't just the party. After the uh, house party, you know, the shit had to go outside. Somebody mm -hmm. had to like, yo, some other shit that was cooking the week before. Yeah, 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 the party's coming up this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> 
Name man would be there, yo, boom. So you little man, you like, look at this. And that was our introduction to the hip hop scene. That was an introduction to life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, basically. And that's what made it interesting because uh, from all the people from my town that was fortunate enough to get on and, and to make it happen and get a record deal, those people seen some serious lyricists that never got a record deal that when you went to those house parties or those block parties, yo, they had the lyrical flows. The shit was real, man. You didn't want to play around. You would get ate up. <laughs> right, right. You know? And then I got older, and then as Wild Style became, you know, real big, I had family members, sisters that, you know, like, uh, used to date one of the guys. So I used to get the, what do you call it? The soundtracks, the, the plates, the white plates, the dub plates uh -huh. to uh, Wild Style with the instrumentals before the movie even come out. TV? So I was around all of this, like with Rodney C with the leaves on, coming with the tag on, double trouble, double, double, double trouble. Like I was 13 when he would come to the crib. First of all, you'd have to speak to my pops because he spend the night. Like it was real G shit. Mm -hmm. And then my pops would be like, yeah, all right, little nigga, you can spend that. No, but he'd be like, yo, you can spend the night. But then boom, then it's the bunk bed. So I'd be like, yo, look at this guy. He's in the movie. He got the leads with the tag. This is hip hop right here. And the same thing with Zulu. You know, 13 years old. These guys was, uh, my older brother was hopping in uh, U-Haul trucks. And we would drive them, well, I wouldn't drive because I was 13, but my pops and my brother would drive the U-Haul truck out to the Bronx, pick up Zulu, bam, all of them, drive out to Long Island, plug up the speakers, and everybody would come from the Bronx, Queens, ride bikes from Wine Dance. You had, we was talking about this the other day about like DJ Pleasure, all the people that, like you said, all the people who made us us, but they never got on for you to actually see them. Wow. You understand? Like, I had to look up to DJ Chubby. I had to look up to High Voltage. Like, I was the 13-year-old. I was the youngest one. I was my little sister's little brother, and that's how it goes. The little one, my older brother, and them, them niggas was really trying to figure out how to start the fire without a match. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's real shit. But then you on the outside, you didn't have to do nothing but watch it. So you was like, it's nothing. Just wait for the sun to come out, put a little magnet, and watch that shit light up. Nah. <laughs> and that's what happened. So Yo. my whole point is for the unsung, you always got to shout them out. And that's yeah. some of the things cats are trying to do in their Zoom now. To really put that puzzle together for hip hop. Like, you know, in our era, you know, you've seen one picture when we was really rocking. But then once you slow down, you start hearing about, you know, Grand Wizard Theodore, you know, and real, you know, cats who put in that work that deserves that mention. Because if you're not mentioning that, then you're doing hip hop and yourself in injustice, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to say, I heard you mention like uh, Biz Marquis was like the guy when you were like in junior high or whatever. Like who else was like, like popping like the most popular rappers around that time? Well, Biz is still the guy for the simple fact that Biz, like, you know, we always wanted to do our way, Frank Sinatra, but Biz was the guy there in the beginning, like, ain't no half-stepping beat that Big Daddy mm -hmm. Kane came out, you know, Dang. he was telling us, listen to this, I think you'll sound dope on it, but we just didn't, we wasn't there. I was uh -huh. on some other shit, to be honest with you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I couldn't hear that, but then when the, mm, 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 yeah, I heard it then, it was too late. Okay, because <laughs> we passed the king. So Biz always been that hip hop connoisseur, a big brother type figure 
that you always slow down and listen to what he has to say because he definitely knows what he's talking about. You know what I mean? When it comes to that production, when it comes to that music, and when it comes to longevity. Uh, another artist back there is, uh, like I said, Double Trouble Rodney C. I got to definitely shout them out. These are guys like when I didn't have a contract and uh, Wild Style came out. You know, I don't want to go back too far to show enough, you know, in those movies and shit like that. I'll keep it right here. But you know how it, you, how did you feel when you seen it? Catch a bullet with his teeth. I'm glad if I could remember, yo, all right, yo. So it was those and crush grooving, you know, mm. going to the movie and like when the fat boys came out the train station, I didn't know if I was going to make it through the rest of the movie. Like, yo, where they at? Where's this shit going down, man? It's a true story, but it, it all boils down to the evolution, and in my opinion, of hip hop. And one of the big guys, man, big shout out to DXT. He said, "What is the point of having a gift if he says his grandmother say if you don't give it away?" Mm. Tell, tell me this: man. is that a is that the was he a producer or is a producer? DJ DJ producer. Now he's like you. yo, he's before us. No, no, no. I think I saw this cat. He played a bass too, huh? Maybe. Nah. Yo, it's possible because he's into the instruments too. Like this guy's music, music. Like, nah, you know, he's a DJ, but he's also like instruments and boom. We were somewhere, we know we were at a festival in uh in the UK, and it was uh Melly Mel and mm. uh, it was Melly Mel and the Sugar Hill gang and they had a cat, an old school cat out there that was playing the bass. And I want to say, but I, I get people confused anyway. Don't let me sidetrack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yo, we got it good. Considering this generation, because you know all the babies. Ooh. So we ain't going to get started. There's a lot of babies. You know, artists who's there to start with babies. We got a couple of uh, <laughs> hip hop names that double up in tongue twisters, but not like right, that. Not like this generation. Oh, man. Young. They got a gang of youngs. Yeah, yeah, Joe. Let's not get started. Yeah. Stop, man. We can't go there right now. The baby and the young. He's too much. <laughs> so tell me this. How did you meet Eric Sermon? What was that like? Yo, what it was like, it was kind of interesting because I come from a big family. I got six brothers and sisters, okay? So two brothers and um, for a sister, really, like, we were self-contained, you know what I mean? It was cool that if we had outside people, but there was enough of us, like, entertainment in that house. So when E moved to the neighborhood, it changed things because I already had the turntables when I was 14, already DJing, and um, he was like the new guy on the block. And we would catch up every morning before we went to school. And then at the bus stop, the worldly events that would go down that you would see on TV, like you'll watch it. And then the next day before we caught the bus, Eric would always have a verse or something <laughs> dope. And that was kind of his introduction uh, coming to the neighborhood, breaking the ice. You understand? But it wasn't easy for him. It wasn't definitely, it was a tough sell because where we lived, it was serious, man. It wasn't like that. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I had coverage because I had an older brother and then I had my pops who was a silverback, you know? So, and then I have four sisters. So, you know, with older sisters and them connected, it was like, yo, listen, there was no problems at all. So through the rapping and me having turntables and playing the sports, you know, we, we began to catch up in the hallways. Here, yeah. real quick. 
uh, I think the Dodgers might have just won. Fools is, I live semi in the hood. The fools are just going off with the fireworks. So the yeah, whole- yeah, yeah, yo, you on the West Coast, right? Yeah, yeah, whole, yeah. The whole <laughs> fireworks getting lit off right now. They might not have won, but I would probably wager. That they oh, yeah, yeah, it's sound about right. Yo, let me ask you a question. Who owns the Dodgers? I don't even know. I know Magic Johnson put his face to it a little bit. Okay, you know? right, right. Is Magic any affiliated by any chance or you don't know? No, I think he's the face. I think he has a small piece. You know, he was really Magic was really responsible for the outreach. Like when he when he when when uh Magic start dealing with the Dodgers, that's when they started having a lot of cool restaurants inside yes. thing and they started reaching out to more of the Hispanic. Well, this I think they kind of have this but bringing I know more brothers just getting more people to come out and support baseball cuz you know, people love baseball. Soccer's always going to be number 1 in LA. Like they they'll never say it. but you have a soccer game and you're not going anywhere in that direction for a very At long. all. Yeah, somebody just it busted is what it is, though, down here. This like was, you said, that reality, reality. That's reality. There's nothing you can do about that reality. Yeah, yeah, Jerry. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say somebody just busted a shotgun outside my window. That was not a firework, but mm. um, I have the owners right here. Um, it said the Gangen Guggenheim Group, Group Guggenheim Partners. Okay. So some yeah, German yeah, and, because uh, I remember when the when they were struggling and it was it was tough. There was little controversy. <laughs> shit was going downhill, and then Magic, it was bad. Made and it then cool. Magic came on board, and if that's the case, and then if y'all won, that's incredible for Magic. Oh, absolutely. You understand? Absolutely, he came in and turned it around. One would say, "Yo, he made the difference." Yeah, but I think uh, I I understand what you're saying. It's kind of like uh, what Jay Z did for um, for. Uh, uh, Brooklyn uh, Nets or whatever. He was, he he owned a small percent, but he was like yeah. the mascot. And be, through him, they were able to make a lot of moves. So I feel like that's, that's the same correct. relationship that uh, Magic Johnson has with the uh, Dodgers. So yeah, that makes sense. Hey man, we need brand ambassadors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we need brand ambassadors. Not and you know it's a trip because uh, I know a lot of people gave Shaq a hard time when he went over to, you know, Papa John's or just whatever, you know what I'm saying? But the whole thing is you got to look at it not like a shack or somebody is just getting up with this corporate entity or whatever, but at the same time, he can come in and really let them know some of the things that are cool and some of the things that aren't cool to kind of further the, you know what I'm saying? Like if there was a, if there was a time, cause I know Papa John's the, the owner of it or whatever, he did something that was kind of ridiculous or something like okay. that. So they kind of pulled him away from the, uh, you know, <laughs> being yeah, front man before he messed all the dough up. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. They no pulled- pun intended though, but yeah, yeah. You got yeah, pulled yeah. back. You done fucked up. Yeah, then exactly. You, then you get a shack in the mix and then he can kind of, you know, shoot, he's yeah. getting paid for it. But at the same time, if he can still bring some awareness to the situation, that's yeah. a beautiful thing. So tell me this, uh, what was the process uh, uh, The process of shopping your first demo tape? Yo, it was kind of wild because I was already a DJ, DJ EZP. So with that being said, I always would look at the vinyl because all the record companies are on the actual records that you're spinning. Okay, mm-hmm. so after the song was uh, done and ready, uh, what I would do is write down all the record labels on the albums I had in my crate. 
And the hottest record at the time was Just Dice Latoya. And that was on Sleeping Bag Records. So Sleeping Bag Records was one of the labels that I wrote down. The other record was Jive Records. And some record company that just said President Records, but it didn't look like a record company. It just said it on the door. So we knocked there once. That's wow. Nobody answered. So he's like, all right, cool. <laughs> then we went to, uh, and keep in mind, like, yo, like when he said, and please listen to my do- demo, walk in the streets, so enchanting. Because, yo, we was about 16, 17, wild out, hopped in a 68 Camaro that I built with my own hands, drove it to Manhattan Park. It didn't know nothing about the parking tickets or nothing, and really started hustling to please listen to my demo. So the first one, nothing happened. The second one, nothing happened. And then the third one walked in the office and then got introduced to a gentleman by the name of Virgil Sims. And from there, we started polying. It was like, that was the communication, like a couple of meetings. You know, Virgil was like, yo, you got something dope, but it's a process. So the first song that I bought to them was, it's my thing. But the problem was um, the loop. I cut the record seven minutes of funk so much that it was scratched. So when I went to the studio, I looped the one that I literally scratched. So the whole song was dope. It just was a scratch version. So what Will Sokoloff did was call up the Awesome Two, uh, Special K and Teddy Ted, shout out to them. They came out to Charlie Murata studio, bought the clean vinyl, re-looped it, and then that was the first one. Mm. And our first real show, we started out in uh, Cali. L.A. You know, we did wow. uh, the Stardust Ballroom with Chuck Chill Out, but then right to L.A. Uh-huh. The I want to say the Stardust was in Gardena, man. I really want to say, well, you wouldn't remember. Yeah, no, but they had one in the Bronx, too, and it was kind of crazy because they, uh, who was there? Big Daddy Kane, um, Super Lover C. It was big. It was heavyweights, and it was our first shows. Oh, you know, okay. Family came. <laughs> The whole nine, but you know how go your first show, you don't even really know. You just grab the mic and it happened. I can't even front. Wait, so what was you, you said? Your, uh, your your DJ name was what now? Because I, I caught that at the time, our DJ name was DJ uh, Kayla Boss. Whoa. Okay, but no, 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 um, no. You're, Chuck, you said you was. I thought you said you 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 were a DJ and you had a different name before. Yeah, no, I was DJ Easy P back there when I used to DJ for my brother's group. Whoa. Easy okay. piece. So how'd you, yeah. how did you how did you get from that to uh, PMD? Because uh, just being around that whole phenomenon of block parties, you know, Zulu Nation, you know, um, the break dancing, it just was everywhere. The DJ went hand in hand. The DJ battle, the break, uh, the break dance battles and stuff like that. But mostly the selection of music, you know, crate digging waiting for the hottest songs. You couldn't be a dope DJ with whack records. Mm-hmm. So you forget about the days of where you couldn't wait to the next, yo, all of that forgot. Mm-hmm. Like you used, to, you used to have to go to the vinyl. Like they used to have a place called Frank Records. And you used to have to go there every week to get the hottest new songs. You don't want to go to the, to the party and you ask for the record and you ain't got it. Now you're a whack DJ. So mm-hmm. once you knew all of these songs from playing them, then hip-hop came. So don't forget the songs we were sampling was from the 70s and 80s. That's what bugged me out. It looked, like, it felt like we were doing something really big, but really the music we were sampling, if we released it in 87, some of these samples was from 1975. Wow. You know, so it wasn't too much back there. We wasn't sampling nothing from the 50s or the 60s. You know, most of the stuff came from the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. And it was kind of incredible because 
you know, I went from sampling you guys to chill to actually meeting Roger Troutman, okay? Yeah. And Roger wasn't too happy with us because, you know, he just, and I understood that. He was like, yo, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. yo, we really make music, man. We do this. What are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? What you do to my record? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yo, mm -hmm. you know, the business worked out. But you guys, so my whole point, huh? You guys cleared the sample before you met him, though, right? Or you guys just, no, I, I wowed out. I just, yo, I looped all of that up. I didn't clear one sample. I just did the whole thing <laughs> yeah. just like that. No, that was the wild out and just contact, took the shit yeah. off safety and let it go. That was the old days. <laughs> you know, like strictly <laughs> business. Yo, Eric Clapton, you would think like the one of the big, he, he could, yo, man, listen, nah, very, very nice. He was the most generous. <laughs> You know, with the samples and stuff like that, he only charged us ten thousand when he could have wild out. We already did the song, the shit's in the store. But he showed love. Same thing with Roger. You know, some of them didn't want money. Some of them just wanted a percentage of the records. But more importantly, as long as you showed up to the table, yeah, you know what I mean. To try to work something out. If you went out there, shake Heine, make party, and and it went, yo. Yeah, and then that's when the, 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 the certified male roll up, like, okay, yo, strong arm now, son, we ain't playing. So the first album, not one sample, just did the whole thing like that. And then as the album started climbing that billboard chart, that's when the phone started humming. But we worked it all out. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yo, I started a couple of sampling companies, too, back then. That was wild, because there was just so many records. Think about it. Each album had about 12 or 14 songs, and we had about six or seven groups. So with a clip in one interval and a seven, eight-month uh, slot. Mm -hmm. So those people who cleared those samples went on to have like real a lot of big success, success to today. Because then sampling became a way from all the other artists and crews that followed us. That's why we're the most sampled group in hip-hop history. Wow. So wait, are you... Um... Were all your early uh, albums with Def Jam, or did like, some of them? Because I, I, that's one thing I don't know. I just associate y'all with Def Jam. Was it all through? No. Oh, wow. See, that's crazy. No, we started with Sleeping Bag Records. In 1987 okay. was our first single. Uh, it's My Thing, Your Customer, that gold album right there. And then uh -huh. that album did so good uh, and sold enough records that uh, the record company Sleeping Bag folded, and then Def Jam picked us up. Oh, okay, okay, and okay. Then, so, so strictly business and unfinished business was on sleeping bag, and uh, business as usual, business never personal, and those two records was on Def Jam. Yeah. So, you getting your Def Jam jacket? What was <laughs> that feeling like? <laughs> yo, man. <laughs> yo, that's an interesting country because yo, man, I did you know I did some work back there. It's kind of crazy, man. You like, you want to be a part of something and then you become it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you become mm -hmm. more than a part of it. You become mm -hmm. it. And the next, mm -hmm. you know, you get there, you know, and it's like that. <laughs> but it's, it's, it was the pinnacle of being uh, an indication that you have arrived once you got that jam jacket and when you was rolling with Rush. That was it, starting with mm. Eric B and Rock mm. So what you gonna do? I just talked about that on Rock the Bells. You know, they didn't mm. only kill the beat, you know, they didn't only kill the rhyme 
at the end, they were done. And they said, so what you going to do now? Yo, boom, this is what I'm going to do. And they told you what they was going to do. They were going to count our money. Okay? So Rakim told you, yo, looking in the pocket with no, you know? And Eric B. and Rakim actually set the tone in the blueprint for the slow flow. And that's where we followed right after it. You know, two or three towns over, make them clap to this. Like, yo, what's that? Okay. Yo, uh, how could I move the crowd? So my whole point was, I've always was a student of these guys. Because when you remain a student, you can grow. You know, when you get too far ahead of yourself, then there's no room to grow. So up until this day, the respect for Rakim, Slick Rick, Big Daddy Kane, and Dougie Fresh, it keeps in Bismarck, it keeps it in perspective when I didn't have a contract and when I used to just, in Karis one, okay, and just used to just listen, criminal minded, you've been blinded, 86. Like, yo, what the heck? I'm not, where's that party? And that's <laughs> where the actually, you know, the balance come where that's the way your fans look at you. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? This is what's going on in hip hop now. You, you know, you true to your, culture of the first people who came out and you sold your first half a million, a million records or the crossover. These are all facts. I don't got to make this up. When you made So What You're Saying, did you know that with LA's relationship with funk and that kind of music, did you, did it take for you to come to LA to understand the, the love that that song got you? Or when you were in New York, you had like, the people at the label who are working the record and whatnot saying, oh, okay, there's a little buzz going on in LA. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> nah, there was always a, there was a problem for Jump because I had it backwards. I always thought you made your music and you made your beat and you wrote your rhymes. So I had it backwards. So I didn't figure that out to the fourth album and it was too late. That's how I ended up with my own sound. You understand? I didn't know nothing about a ghostwriter or a producer who makes the beat and give it to you. I thought about like, yo, I just wanted to be down. And you know how it go in hip hop, you from the same spot. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't about you, it wasn't about me. It was about when you showed up, was they going, was you going to get an A plus or was you going to catch a 40 bottle on the stage? You know what I mean? <laughs> and you had to, and you was more into impressing your colleagues and your counterparts than the money aspect. Because last, back there, hip hop was only on the radio for one hour. Now it's mm -hmm. all digital, now it's everywhere, but you had to like, how do I get my song on in this one hour? And if I don't catch this one hour, I gotta wait till next week. So mm -hmm. it was more about camaraderie. You know, Kane saying you was dope. Your Rakim saying you dope. Farside saying you dope. You know what I'm saying? NWA when you're doing the show, yo, listen, yo, that shit. That's what the camaraderie was about. And for me, it started with you a customer. You know what I mean? Because that's that doo 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 doo. That's what, no pressure. But in hip hop, coming off an album like Strictly Business, you know, people talk about the sophomore jinx. You know, mm -hmm. can you get over? And you know, that whole album was just responding to the universe. So you, mm -hmm. you a customer did heavy damage with that knickknack paddywhack, give the dog a bone on the West Coast, okay? But before going in to make that music, you went to the, you was there. It wasn't about, like Jay-Z says, it takes a lifetime to do your first album. But mm -hmm. after you do your first album, Strictly Business, now you're in the cage. 
You in uh-huh. L.A.? Yo, come on, man. They got the, the ghetto chopper in the air. Shit, it's real. You have mm-hmm. the roll rate. Yo, they showing you so much love. I'll never forget this. The show started off. Eric had this big diamond watch on with a lion head. And we used to just wild out before the show with just all of this energy. <laughs> so you uh-huh. threw the karate kick in the air when It's My Thing came on. And when I made a move, somehow or another, my chain, the shit got caught up. And the, the gold nugget popped off and went in the crowd. So it was one of those <gasps> type moments with the shit rumbling. Yo, we rocked the whole <laughs> song, stopped the whole thing. And when the music was off, all the OGs in the front was on some, yo, hold up, hold up. Started clearing the whole thing out, look, and gave right like that, man. It's always been like that, no matter what. Man. You understand? So when you out there, you see that, and then you know from the inside, like the real hardcore stuff, like, you know, don't stop the music when it starts going down type situation. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yo, yo, we invited all that. <laughs> yo, we saw that in Detroit. We saw that in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? We saw that in LA. We saw that in San Francisco. So you really saw that. Yo, yo, you don't want to go Wichita, Kansas. Like yeah. it was very. So when you went back to that studio, it was more or less like hardcore to make the brother, when I turn the party out, all hands is in the air. Some states chill. New York throws chairs. It's the punk funk sound. Hey. Dip. Girls rush the stage, okay? Boom. Ah, heard a nigga scream and shout. Niggas, turn the party out. Because that's <laughs> the way it was. You seen the show. You kicked it with your man. Yo, the shots went off like you heard in the background. And then you was like, okay, it's time to make moves. <laughs> I know for me, when I think of uh, EPMD, I think of uh, business as usual, the cover art. To me, that's like one of the most classic hip hop cover arts ever. I remember my homeboy, he had that on a, on a hoodie. You know what I'm saying? I was wondering, like, how did that come together? Yo, well, it goes back to, so what you're saying, it all ties in, just was responding to the mm. universe and wanting mm. to get the acceptance from our colleague, you know? Like mm-hmm. when you went back out, come on, we coming from the Runs House tour. We coming from the Public Enemy tour, the L.O. Cool J Nitrous tour. You know what I mean? Everybody like, yo, you can't do it again. Blah, blah, blah. Nobody does it twice. So so what you saying? That's it right there. Yo, so what, that was it. I would respond, mm-hmm. not verbally, but musically. You know, there was nothing in responding verbally mm-hmm. like, yo, we don't think you can do it. Yeah, so what I'm going to do, sit there and argue with you. What am I going to get out of that? I'm going to go in the studio. So what you say, yo, okay, you know what I'm saying? The employees of the year, yeah, we back to work. We took, we spoke in our music from that standpoint mm-hmm. of view, okay? As opposed to getting in the battles in the streets and getting in the battles in the magazines. If you didn't think we can do something, we showed up and then we showed you because I'm housing. You know, all the music, yo, you a customer. You know, everything led to something. It's my thing. It's how you was feeling as a person. But when it came to production and when it came to rhymes, you know, you was looking at Run DMC. You know what I mean? You was looking at Public Enemy. You was looking at Big Daddy Kane every night with Scoob and Scrap up there, just just tearing the stage up. Some nights you think you want some, you go up there, realize you don't want none. That smoke. So you fall back, play your position. You know, people like Karis One, Big Daddy Kane. Cool J, run. Don't get on Run's bad side on the stage. He'll let you know whose house it is. <laughs> whose house it is. Back the spark off. You know, little stuff. The mic on the arm. Yo, can I, yo, little, come on, man. You know all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Tell me this. 
how, I mean? right. how did you so hold up? So for the business as usual, not to cut you off. By the time I got there, I was already done and didn't want my face on no cover no more because mm -hmm. we already felt it and tasted. So that's mm -hmm. why we're in the swamps with all of those guns pointed at us. And, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. like, okay, like, you know, a regular photo to me would have been corny, like monotonous. Now I'm trying to be a star. Now I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to be seen. When at the time, we already been around the globe so many times and we already knew what time it was. Again, instead of talking about it, we let the artwork and we got blessed enough to a Marvel. One of the guys mm -hmm. from Marvel actually put that uh, cover together that we still go to uh, Comic-Con together. So yeah, that, it all that ties in like to cover, to Marvel, blah, blah, blah. Nah, that's, yeah. I, I was gonna say real quick, uh, you know, when you talk about, for me, when I think of EPMB, and it's just from where, like, man, my musical taste, I listen to house music about, nine hours a day and I throw in some doom in between there and I listen to some hip hop in between that. But when I know I, you listen to doom. Oh, come on. Yo. <laughs> oh, man. So um, when I think of EPMD, I think of So What You're Saying. When I think of So What You're Saying, the dancers, Fendi and all those yes. cats in the video. How did you guys end up? Okay, so, you know, you're talking about Big Daddy Kane. He had Scoob and Scrap. How yeah. did you guys end up with Fendi and those cats? And they were tight. Yo, you starting some trouble now, man. We're going to have a part two <laughs> this because, yo, it is what it is. And the history is the history, man. So we first, we got to take steps back. First, okay. we got to start with the rest in peace, the Steezo. Okay? Oh, man. So man. it starts there. You got the chill video. Look how blessed of all the guys who like came to me. Okay, so Fendi was there because Steezo blew up. Because uh, Steezo so wasn't like together, that right? was a void, like it worked out. Not only did not only did Steezo become successful and have his own dance that to today, like yeah. that dance make every dude who know hip hop melt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they do that dance, you know, and that and to today it means something. But mm -hmm. Steezo had to go take care of some business, you know, with my turn and his career. So then he went from the dancer to grabbing the mic, successful studio, uh, successful artist. So then we was like, okay, now we're on this tour. Who's going to replace Steezo? And then that's where Fendi came in. Okay. And that's where Mark came in. And okay. these guys were something else. So, you know, before it was just Steezo, because Steezo had, there was two of them, because let me take a step back. That I met them in New Haven from when I went to school from playing football. But Steezo okay. and them was on the street side. They didn't go to the school or they didn't play football. But I was always around outside the campus, the 68, and DJing and stuff like that. So I passed with Cross. So when one of the dances didn't work out, it just wind up Steezo moving with us. And then when Steezo moved on, uh, Fendi and them came in and got busy. And it was some real stuff. It was no joke. Those guys took their art form very seriously. Uh -huh. You got to imagine Joe Louis Arena mm -hmm. packed out, Big Daddy Kane, School Scrap, EPMD, you know, Fendi, Mark, you know, Brooklyn at its best. You understand? Like, really serious business. So tell me this. Mm -hmm. How did the hit squad come? First, first of all, okay, so first, okay, so me, I graduated 89. Jeremy's younger than me for sure. He's younger uh -huh. than me for sure. So I was okay. born in 88. 
<laughs> Look at him. Yeah, he's wilder. You can tell already. He's a little done younger. <laughs> yeah. so, That's a good thing. To, yeah. to someone that doesn't know, how would you, if you had to tell them what the hit squad is, how would you explain the hit squad? I would uh, explain the hit squad, high intelligent thinking, hit initial target, a hip hop outfit that consists of, you know, uh, authentic, real classic, underground, authentic music. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it started off with just a single and us, EPMD, but I early knew like the lane was there. It was just more so much room there. And it was a decision of do you be selfish or do you give others opportunity? Because I seen some cats that would have success, but they, you know, not to knock nobody, but they got off more having the bread and then you know, well, Pootie Tang ain't got no time today, and uh, I can only pay for four of your lunch today, okay? Mm. But you ain't the man. He's the man. So uh -huh. he's the man making you look like little man, right? Yo, mm. I never was that dude. I was the guy who wanted to build dudes, so I have Silverback out there with me, and then they'd be like, well, how'd you get here? Well, yo, P helped me, okay? Mm. And, in, and in giving the gift, it would keep me relevant. So I came up with this, my thing, and, you know, uh, strictly business in 88. But then I turned back around and I give E opportunity. And then after E, I give K solo opportunity with Tell the World My Name and Spellbound. Now, once he gets Yo. out there, yeah, S-P-E-L-L, -L, very W-L-L, -L, you know, blah, blah, B-I-R-D in the S-K, you know what I'm saying? Don't even try to. Yo, you give them opportunity, then that leads to a red man, and then it's kind of expected. Like, if wow. you don't have your A game, don't even call the hit squad because they represent something. You understand what I'm mm -hmm. saying? They're not trying to be fly. Everybody else is over there doing that. But, yo, us, we came in like this, like main source, looking at the front door, seeing the he mm. hesitant to represent. We wanted to be that outfit that who we said we were, when it's all said and done, that's who we were. Mm -hmm. You understand? So you say EPMD, you say DOS Effects, Redman, K-Solo. You know what I mean? All of those guys was totally opposite of each other. You know, mm -hmm. most of these people sound the same because they're trying to go down one network where our outfit, EPMD didn't sound like K-Solo. K-Solo didn't sound like DOS Effects with the bump, skiddy bump. And <laughs> DOS Effects didn't sound like Redman or Hurricane uh -huh. G, or the Knuckleheads. Uh -huh. So that's what the hit squad was, was that outfit. And it's the first squad of all squads. And then from there, it was duplicated, you know? So in the real world, they call that a paradigm, where you uh -huh. create a rhythm, and then people grab the rhythm, and then add on to that rhythm, and then build off of it. So uh -huh. all the squads that follow it, you know, it's like hip hop. When somebody loops your beat or, or use your rhyme, that used to be a compliment. Like, yo, he used, yo, he used me in the beat, yo, that's dope. <laughs> then it changed, like, yo, son, use my beat, I need that pub. Like, yo, mm -hmm. business is business, but you know how it go. It's the difference between loose business, like Roger Troutman, then like, yo, you know what? <laughs> Just take the whole sample out of the song. <laughs> that's the difference. We ain't even gonna use your sample. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of like, when, uh like songs like uh, coming to series, like a DMX got the Damien series, whatever. And I know Redman got the Roller Coaster Malpractice, whatever. 
I was wondering, like, whose idea was it to make Jane a series? Well, Jane started off with E, and that was a real story because the first night we lived, we come from Brentwood, you know, mm-hmm. and Brentwood is, you know, Black, Hispanic, Dominican. It's like the melting pot, okay? So one minute shit can be cool, next thing you know, shit cannot be cool, and then it could be cool again. And uh, E lived on the other side of the tracks where most of the time shit wasn't cool, okay? So we could be <laughs> sitting in the 68 going over stuff. And a fight, a machete fight, not a fist knuckle fight. Like, <laughs> machete yo, that's fight. a machete. Oh, we about to see some shit for real, okay? <laughs> and while they wilding with the with the, with the machetes, then once it's done, you're sitting there with all of that energy when it's over. Mm-hmm. And after that was over, that's when you know, put on the beat uh, with the oh my goodness, the Rick James on the beat and that's when eric started kicking the jane haircut mm. hanging out late drinking a couple of brews turn on the radio put my shit on snooze mm. and i was like yo that's crazy all right so we went to the studio laid it down but then after strictly business blew up and then people wanted jane then once we went into the second sagas that's when i began to start doing most of the writing for the janes on uh unfinished business business as usual and you know that we don't even have to go into the business usual one. So let's just go to business. Never personal. Because <laughs> it just is what it is. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But people have used to bug out on me on the business as usual chain. Like, yo, son, how'd you know? I'm like, yo, man, keep it moving. <laughs> now, so I was like, what, uh, what advantages would you say for someone uh, in a group to go solo? What advantages? Yeah. Hmm. Yo, this is yo. Who made these questions up? <laughs> these are some good questions, man. So, <laughs> man, I just think, <laughs> first of all, yo, it is what it is. <laughs> I just think everything balls around what your introduction. You know what I mean? When you come out and you show somebody something, I can't think of some analogies. I'd have y'all on the floor right now. <laughs> but like when you tell somebody this is what it is and you bring that in the tache case, that's what when they open it, that's what they want. OK, so you don't bring them that in the tache case. Then the second time around, you know, you'd be like, yo, listen, I didn't have what you want. And I know you wanted that, but yo, I just bought you this bullshit right here. <laughs> that's kind of like what hip hop, uh-huh. you know, kind of turned into. So. To be honest with you, yo, when you start something, you don't have nothing. And I don't know how it is for other people, but you speak to the voice in your head when that things aren't right. And then you mm-hmm. get that opportunity and covenants. So with Farside, it'd be like, yo, they was everywhere. They was on Gilligan's Island, the castaways yeah. out there looking for Wilson. I don't want to get started tonight. Me and E was on our own island. Wilson, yo, shit all in the water, yo, shit fucked up, okay? But then in your head, you'd be like, yo, trying to get up out of here. So boom, you speak to the guards, right? Then they said, okay, yo, we're going to show you some love. I'm not going to get started tonight. So when you get out there, you, you got to stick to the script. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong with doing something, you know, if you want to go solo, you want to do this and that. But with inside the balance, when you look at Michael Jackson, you look at the history of everybody who was part of a big group, but then went outside, okay? Mm -hmm. When you go outside, that's dope. 
while you're by yourself. And it's it's dope energy. Long mm-hmm. as, in my opinion, you're connected to the main base. Yeah. Because I feel when you just go out there off the main terminal, what you know, can you feel that? Can why are you getting me started? Like, right, right. But Mike was like, yo, then it went from the height. It got in Mike's mm-hmm. head, like, yo, Mike, yo, you don't need your brother, son. Straight up. You know? <laughs> you right? know- so then Mike's was like, yo, you sure, man? He was like, yo, listen, man, it told the Billy Jean. Doo, 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 doo. Mike, then after that, it was over. So yeah. now we're used to, can you feel it? You know, all the songs we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And then Mike was like, I like those. Those are cute, but I got some new stuff. Uh-huh. And then yeah. the Billy Jean. But the end game, that's my whole point. You know, the end game is the does the ends or the means justify. So that's why, like, you know, I'm part of a group and it's super dope to go rock because I'd be all through Europe by myself, like with all the guys, Snow Goons, DJ Honda. There's nothing like that or just by myself. But being part of a group and giving the people when you got fans that bought your album, you know, in Europe, they come with all your albums. They want you to sign them and stuff like that. So I just, me being part of a group, you never want to leave the artists like the Beatles and John Lennon. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yo, they looking for the Beatles. And then, yo, who else? Uh, Nick Jagger. Course, they looking for the Rolling Stone. Nick is like, yo, I'm on my solo right now, son. Yo, listen. <laughs> I, I, I ain't got time for a guy like that, man. Somebody out what? <laughs> yo, you know what I'm saying? But they're like, yo, Mick, we just seen you with your boys. Who's this dude? <laughs> so the answer to the solo, like, it's super dope and have fun because you're supposed to be able to, you know, do what you feel. No question. Mm-hmm. But always realize why you're in a position to mm-hmm. do what you feel because there was others before you that put you in a position to actually have that platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, uh, I want to know what was your relationship with Prodigy, because I seen you had the Prodigy tribute with Aguilar, which I, I like him too. Uh, I've been a fan since two thousand one, so I just like you know that really. I was just watching, and I was just like, "What?" You know what I mean? I feel like I was sleeping on that. So yeah, I want to know like the connection there. That's like two halves of, you know, that's like a, its own super group. You know what yeah, I mean? Just man. knowing about you two, so that's crazy. Yeah, that's a, man. That's a tough one, B. That's a very tough one. So, you know, that's a tough one. You know, I mean, like me and P, I just, when I stopped doing music in 92, like I just, you know, I was very fulfilled, still am fulfilled. Like that's the whole point. When you're fulfilled with something, you don't need to go to other people to be like, yo, am I fulfilled? Like, how are you going to ask somebody else if you're fulfilled? Okay. You got to know. But for the unfinished business that was left on the table, it was like Prodigy's my was my little brother and like him being P. And he really super represented. It was like when I wasn't there for myself at a time, he was there. And mm-hmm. I just think that's incredible looking back because I'm up and I can see, you know, a lot of these guys was following my footsteps. Mm-hmm. You know, Mob Deep, you know, being on loud records and stuff like that. So you know, me and P had that really, really uh, close relationship. But a lot of the times, like I said, through that whole ride, like kind of when we met, you know, P was up and he was on it. And at a time where I was just coming around full circle, getting rest, you know, you just know those real cats that's really there 
and have your best interest. They ain't give you don't. It's no extra shit. It's just real mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's real shit. And atmosphere where there's not too much real shit. That's why he stuck out like that, you know. And with me being P and him being P, me this P, I wasn't there. I was getting arrested for this shit right now that we doing. You know what I'm saying? And in the midst of Prodigy representing, the paths crossed in time, like uh, on um, the art of rap when we was in um, what is that? Vegas. Vegas, right? You know, the first one we was there, but the second one is just it just worked out where we wasn't there, and it was just too much. You know, mm-hmm. Vegas is when you get off that plane and it's 115, man. It's 110. It's the real deal. Like, right. I got off the plane in Vegas and have to, yo, we would have to put wet towels on our mm-hmm. head to go from outside the airport to inside the cab. And with the cab, you know all of this, man. He got it up <laughs> super high. And that, yo, it's just not working. It's still 115 <laughs> inside the cab, you Thank know. You. So knowing that, you know, and uh, big shows and after parties back to back, you know how it go. You just got to be aware and you got to have a team there. So, but uh, the upside is all the great music recorded, the music that I still have and stuff like that. And that's just like, you know, that's just still wet wet paint because of uh, the sacrifice, meaning uh, what P believed in and what he was trying to teach. Mm -hmm. You know, if the hip hop community and those who followed P uh, learned from him and learned from his knowledge, then, you know, then he didn't die in vain to make a long story short. That goes all the way back to Biggie. That goes to Pac, the whole list of Mm -hmm. all the people, uh, big pun, you know, but to keep Prodigy in the green, we basically was on that same channel through being through a group, through the connection with Steve Rifkin, you know, and just that tone, you know, I, my tone was so what you're saying, your customer, big payback, you know, Brad by Brown, Strictly Snap, all that underground shit. That's what it was. You know, you asked for that. You wanted to be the best, mm-hmm. like uh, Mr. Magic World Premier. And that's all you was doing. You wanted to hear what World Premier, and then you was happy. You was the man. Then the shit went somewhere else. So I just feel for, you know, you got some cats that just rapping in the game to be seen. And then you got some cats that really lived it, really loved it. But you got all the pitfalls and, you know, P had to go do some time. You understand? We was living in a society that we really, truly didn't understand. And we had to learn through growing pains. Sometimes those uh, those uh, challenges would have you have to go away for three or four years. What P did, three or four years, mm-hmm. you know, on the timing. So... Again, we had a lot of fun behind the scenes, like with the cookbooks and stuff like that. You can't sleep on it. But it's what Prodigy represented. And if what Prodigy brought to the game and his music that people picked up, then what he put into the game is worth it. Because, you know, you got real people out here whose people don't like to be preached to. You know what I'm saying? And cats don't like to be talked down to. But there's a difference between that and having a passion people get that mixed up when you got a passion for some shit you know what i'm saying you trying to get some shit done nigga bullshit and like yo man come on we can't get here like that you know how it goes and you even gonna have some you know what time it is come on man you're gonna be like come on man there's four seconds on that clock niggas did not come to lose what are you gonna do Uh yo 
And either you got cats that's ready to roll their sleeves up and go get it done, or you got cats like, yo, blah, blah, blah. Any which way, man, ain't going to be no L. You know what I mean? Cats come to win. And in doing that, you either got soldiers like me and him. We crossed paths before. But because I have that experience as an admiral from where I'm from, there was nothing he couldn't hide it because it was written all over him. And what you learn is, it's not what you're thinking a lot of the times. It's what the other person who's been through is thinking. So when you have something on your heart and you sat still for several years, you know, and you know what time it is, then in your mind, you feel this way. So you can't wait, okay, to actually get it off your chest. But I come from a, a, an experience camp, okay? And I can't take credit for that. That's one thing he showed me, you know what I mean? That's, yo, don't matter, man. You know what I mean? And you see, I had to give it up. Hey. You know what I'm saying? So I just gave it to you, right? Hey. <laughs> so definitely hey. when I got back up with the bandit, that's the first thing. That was the biggest thing. That is nothing bigger than that. Oh, so shit. I don't know how the, the dub knew that. But whichever yeah. way he relayed that, like, yo, you see this mixed board and those mics? This is what these people are here for. They're not here for this other shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we stay focused on that. And watch, and then you look, and, and you know if the shit don't work, then you got a problem. But yeah. when it really works, you look back in hindsight and you say, "Yo, yo, we could have got stuck there and got nothing done. Then you wouldn't have got my squad stays on point like that, 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 that. You know, it's the joint stay on point because I'm feeling it. Niggas killing it, trying to duplicate the manuscript. That's impossible. Pray like and gospel, overcoming setbacks, jumping over obstacles. Like evil Knievel on point like a needle. We PMDs like the Beatles back with another sequel to hip hop. Check one, two, and you don't stop. Rap with mainstream R&B and pop. Now the world's shocked. Eat the mm. back with Mike Doc, like it or not. We about to turn it up another notch. Mox mm. B, we pull it down for our seeds. Raw breed, acres with the D, because it's the joint. My squad stays on point. So my whole point is, yo, would you rather choose that or something unresolved that you really don't understand, you know, the full magnitude? Because we come from a place where, like, yo, my moms, like, if you don't know what you're talking about or you don't got something to say, yo, keep your mouth shut until you know what you're talking about. You Mm. even seen Bootsy with Mike Tyson say that. Mm. He was like, yo, Mike, I can't even hold you. My mom told me the same shit. <laughs> so it's like, yo, okay. So that's the right there. When you when you lose that, then you lose the whole purpose of who you were before you asked for the opportunity to actually get on and be in there. Absolutely. You understand? So some cats don't get until they back in the pit stop with no fuel. Like, oh shit, mm. we on E, son. Mm. Yo, yeah, this is what I was trying to tell you. So now was <laughs> Yo, we now couldn't refuel, kept it moving. Question. You know what I'm saying? Time because all, huh? No, I was gonna say question. Not sorry to cut you off. Yeah, top three MC. Yo, it's uh man, we always go there. But I'm not gonna play, man. I always start off, I gotta go with Rock Kim. You know, mm. that's just my the, yo, three is not cool, man. That's too, that's too <laughs> You need more. That's just PFD saying, I'm going to go through, man. But yo, man, I'm like, yo, I can't even get, yo, oh, man, we get come five. on. 
We give you five. Okay, y'all. Nah. Yo, I just went through the first five. It's like three. Yo, that's tight. <laughs> Yo, Rakim. MC's groups, I don't want to complicate this. All right, it could be whatever. Huh? It could be whatever. Okay. Yo, this is terrible. Uh, Run DMC, for sure. Rock him. NWA. Yo, we got to clear some stuff out. Wu-Tang is a clan, <laughs> not a group. So those dudes are going to classify themselves with shit like Diggy. So you I've gotta, never heard anybody say that. Put that. They need their own shit. Yo, you know what I'm saying? Because when people be in there, so yo, what's your favorite group? It's like, yo, man, well, what do I Wu-Tang? That's a clan, man, and the only clan. Okay, and the same thing like Public Enemy. That's a band. Is Public Enemy a band or a group? They're a band, man. I, I give them band. Exactly. So the Public Enemy is the band. Chuck is amazing. Chuck D go up in there. He's in there in that lineup. I know you seen Chuck's show. So. Oh, man. We, we we did a show with him out in, uh, I want to say we were in Germany, and uh, Flavor Flav climbed up the uh, the Mount Stack speakers, and uh, security had to help him down. It was amazing. Yo, Chuck, Chuck is older than us, and his energy is second to none. Yeah. So I got one more. Yo, this is hard, though, man, because you got Karis one, for sure. And then I get one more. This is not fair, man. You got nine. <laughs> too many, man. Yo, you got the whole West Coast. You know, he always makes it. Yo, y'all need enough. to take that Episode. out, man. <laughs> Yo, Nas, Nas makes his way into every episode around this time, too. Yo, because Nas came in like, right? Yo, he kind of came in so under the radar because we was already gone. You understand? So with Main Source, I'm just following now, catching up. Like, oh, wow. So look how Main, you know what I'm saying? Look what Large Pro did. Mm-hmm. Like, look what Large Pro did for Nas and Hove. Mm. You know, in the beginning with the touring and everything, okay? Mm-hmm. Now you go to Kane with, with, with Jay. So you see mm-hmm. all the artists that was instrument and turning around, making the artists of this time instrument. Mm-hmm. You know, instrumental. So if Kane didn't come through with Jay and show him the ropes, or if uh, Large Pro wasn't showing Jay-Z and Nas the ropes, you know what I'm saying? And he was talking about, I'm looking at the front door because Cats feels hesitant to represent. Mm. That clearly told me, you said you was coming in here. You said you was going to represent real hip hop. So why are you over there with, you can't name no names, but then you'd be like, oh shit, I didn't know he did a story with <laughs> I just, just figure speech. <laughs> but it'd be like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know he did a song with Elvis. Some pop mm-hmm. shit. And there's nothing wrong with pop or crossover. You just got to be clear when you're doing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they like to cross over like real smooth. Like I know and I know, but I'm like, yo, just own it, man. Just say what you're doing. Uh-huh. And that's it. So we know hardcore no R&B single. Roll with the hit squad. That was the headbanger. Come on, man. I listen to R&B, but it's just so happy we in hip hop where the shit is fucked up. So you got to make sure the culture that you took responsibility for saying, yo, if you give me a shot, I'm going to represent. And just, it doesn't matter how it turned out with your group. Okay? Your group is one thing. What you represent inside the culture is a whole nother thing because people look at you the way they look at you. It's kind of like Muhammad Ali in the movie Ali when he was on the train and the beat Mm -hmm. that that, the the death letter came on. Do, do, do. 
when the guy came on the train, he said, hey, what's up, champ? And Muhammad turned around and didn't want to. He's like, oh, no, no champ today, man. I'm not even fucking with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a lot of shit right now. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But no matter how he felt, the world was still responding to him to who he was. Mm. You understand? So when you go out there and you do your first album and people look up to you, and then they come say, hey, you nah, I ain't on that shit right now. It's kind of a big letdown for the fan who invested in you. Mm -hmm. So my whole point is whichever way you come in, rep that. And if you're going to try something new in your career, just be clear. But the fans, at least from my standpoint of view, that's why you that's how you get a cult following mm. where you don't even have to drop an album. You be on some shot A shit disappear for a hundred years short with an album, just take the whole table and be ghost. Mm. Like, yo, she came with a million people, sold everything out, merch, everything was hers. Swayze. <laughs> they, they on the island, they bought like 10 albums, you don't even see them, like big bonfires, just cooling. Mm. That's how it goes, man. <laughs> when you do it right on the independent level. Well, you know, because this is what he does. You know, not only from the artist standpoint of view, like on the inside when we was on the Rock the Bells rocking, you know, some artists, you know, just microphone, let me know in the stage. And then you got artists like myself and him, like, yo, you can drop us in any country, B, anywhere. It doesn't matter. Yo, in about a half hour, you doubt in, you know, the lay of the land, and you good money, man, the currency, anything. You just, that's just something you have to have. Mm -hmm. And you need that. Like hip hop is educational. You go from a social studies book to hip hop puts you in Europe. You, you're in London now. What you going to do? It's seven o'clock and you hungry. You got a $20 USD in your pocket and niggas don't want to see that right now. They want you need pounds to get that fish sandwich. Mm -hmm. shout out and, you got the blue, and you got the blue passport in your pocket. So you know what time it is. So it's educational. Okay, so now you get your pound cane get good. Now you eat, but now you off to Switzerland and then Germany. Now you need the euro. Your pounds don't work over here, son. You should have cashed those shits in before you came in. Now you're gonna carry that on the plane more weight. It just keeps going when you don't do your homework. <laughs> Educational. Same thing when you go to Japan. So you gotta be able to poly. And where some artists, they're just like, yo, just let me know when sound check and just let me know when the show. And they pick up their bread and they keep it moving. Mm. But us, yo, we on top of the merch game. You know, we polying with the promoter. We know the lay of the land. We like like how we met. Like when we was outside, we would, yo, inside we was like this. Yeah. When we went out there in the running gun, like, yo, what up? We have some room. That's yeah. how it goes. Mm. So, and that's the difference. Why be limited? You know, I come from a family where you know, we, we was brought up on the principles that even if you're straight, you still should utilize all your resources. Man. You understand what I mean? Like, yo, so what? You finish that. If, yo, if B, C, and D, and E is there, why not knock that out? What happens if four weeks up the line, you're not feeling the way you feel back then? Now you can't mm -hmm. do it. Now you're looking at when you could have did it, you should have knocked that shit out. Absolutely. It's kind of like 10 years from now. You know how it goes as you move forward. Yo, everybody know you headed straight towards the pamper again, and the guy got goo goo. Nah, let me stop. <laughs> but that's how it go. You come I'll in with the pamper, with the pamper. You're coming with no teeth in your mouth, and you leave with no teeth in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
but it's up for you to live your life. And that's what this is all about. That's why, see, me and him, it was in 2008, part of my new energy. You understand? Mm. Now, that would have happened in 88. If that would have happened in 97 or 92, it wouldn't have been the same. But I was already in the Grand Canyon, Sedona, all in that wild mountain, 12,000 feet above sea level, can't sleep the first two night type Miyagi shit. So <laughs> when we crossed paths, he was like, yo, nah, man, that, yo, come on, man. That's, that's the obvious. <laughs> so I learned in the world, you don't do the obvious. You understand? I come mm. from the real G's, man. Mm. They tell you the real stories, like, you know? So my whole point is, um, what's that word? Never let somebody's perception of you become your reality. Mm. So no, man, true. I appreciate you, man. This was a true pleasure, man. You, uh... Yo, all the time. Yo, you know we got business, man. Oh, we, we got say, work. This is only beginning. Yeah. You know we uh, got to catch up. We got about two or three weeks. It ain't no playing. No, no, no. We on it. We on it like we want it. Okay, uh, so we'll catch that on another for sure. Yeah, but... And I got to catch up with Randy because, yo, Randy was driving around like I seen him masked up. I was like, yo, an official. Oh, wow. <laughs> yo, official. Yeah. You see some people, that shit is shabby. Yo. Oh, nah. Nah, nah I took talking. care of it. I got it. So I'm I, like, you know where I'm at? I'm like, yo, I would have been, I would have came in like that. Yo, what up? Nah, we we gonna work it out. Uh, last one with you being a rapper. You know, you made money on the road. You made money doing shows. Where do you see the progression of life in the next two years uh, existing with the coronavirus? I think you shouldn't fool yourself. I think you should be very aware that the virus is really still out there. And that you have multiple people telling you it's not, nah, nah. but <laughs> yo, listen, you have to know. So mm -hmm. it looks like the election and the virus is running hand in hand on some you damn if you do, you damn if you don't. Meaning mm -hmm. it's rising like this in election and it's spiking in uh, different places. And I think it's up for every individual to take their time to not take it for granted because it's too late once you contract it. And also you can still do something, you know, once you get it, it's not like, you know, you can't take care of it. It's all according to the individual, but you, you know, I see some people like they just don't accept the reality of the seriousness of the situation. You know, some people being the impression that, you know, when it's all said and done, we're going to go back to the old world and it's going to be there like that when it's very clear and sometimes like, you know, I'm real with it. Cause you know, hip hop, we move around so much. We be moving G speed, but with this, we're sitting home. So you can really see like a world that was once great and moved real fast. Like the axles cracked, you yeah. know what I mean? And yo, you gotta accept that reality. Like the mask on your face and shit like that. You know, the human body's designed like this. Yo, one, two, one, two, yo, what up? Turn my mic on. Not the mask and like oxygen going back into your face like that. So I think that uh, the people should use the same precaution that they used when this pandemic first broke out when we went into quarantine. And when you're out there, you should stay masked up. You know what I mean? And if you have to have gloves on, have your gloves on. 
Don't take it for granted. You see the planes? What's going on up in the air? Look at what you flew. It was never like that 40,000 feet in the air, ever. The most mm -hmm. you was doing was getting another meal for the Switzerland trip, and do you want turkey or beef? You know what I mean? Yeah. With mashed potatoes and yo, man, and the Merlot. <laughs> now it's like, yo, man, push the back of my seat one more time and watch. <laughs> <laughs> one yo, more time. One more time. So you know, I come from a family that's sharp, so you get no points for slacking, man. There's no excuse at all because any L, you wasn't paying attention. You know, so the temperament is don't fool yourself and don't be one of those victims. Like, you know, before 9-11, before the towers went down, you never, somebody came up and said, yo, son, in 99 or 2000, you know what? You're going to have to go to the airport, take your belt off, take your sneakers off, yo, put your laptop. You're going to have to be like, yeah, yep. whatever, man. If I have to do all that shit, I ain't just going to fly. I'll stay home. Man. <laughs> your ass was out there sneaking. And, yo, yo deep, deep, shit going off, beeping. And if you wanted to get bucked, then yo, you could go home. Nobody told you to come to the airport. You don't have to fly on our planes today. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. You don't want to take your sneakers off? Okay. No, so it's an adjustment, you know? And that's what the people should have an open mind for. You see pandemics that happened in 1918. Theirs was more serious. If you got caught without a mask, you went to jail. You do your homework, Google. Okay, so that was serious. Like, yo, yo, get your ass you in the pokey now. You think the shit's a game? Now, our shit's a little argument and, you know, a little video and some dumb shit of Karen and shit like this. Back then, you got, yo, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, nigga, get in there. Uh -huh. So it already happened where they had diseases and the people got, you know, not we should be in wilding, no, but just make sure the vaccine you get is cool. Yeah, yeah. But yo, man, I don't know, man. I just, somebody said, man, the first stunt double didn't work good. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. you know. Do you know? Nah. <laughs> Yo, oh, can you elaborate? <laughs> ah, this guy right here. So tell me this, uh, Pete. You got anything you want to shout out? Yo, big shout out to hip-hop and all the people who's making it happen in this pandemic because that's what it's all oh. about. Like, you know, the big cats, they be saying, like, yo, it's sink or swim. You know, this is the time where if you believe in yourself and you know what time it is, you're supposed to show up, you know, yeah. not running around in your mind, though, but understanding what hip hop is, understanding what the technology, we're doing it now. Mm -hmm. This is what it is, mm -hmm. you know? So if you're not up on it like that, then you're missing the point of what happens if this is the whole purpose? Hmm. You know, to mm -hmm. sit, yo, come on, man. How long could we have did that other shit? No, let me stop, though. But, yo, see, that's why niggas mad because we was having too much fun. Yeah, can I get some? Yeah, we're, we're not bird land. Yeah, cool. Nah. No, that's dead, son. Now y'all got hit the water. Now y'all back to where y'all started. Now let's see what you got. Look at you. You said, I was. I tell your story. You said, I wasn't even thinking about it. Blue, blue, blue. Look at this. I'm, I'm out. I'm love, love. And you know when someone's love, love. Hey. <laughs> You understand? No, nah, that's tight. So that's me. what I think about the pandemic, that everybody should really take it very serious. You know what I mean? And understand that, uh, what is it, over 200,000 people, 250,000 oh, yeah. people? These are real, like, American people like you and I who wanted to live. Okay? Yeah. So without them there, it's kind of like uh, Nipsey and Pac and them. 
because they passed on and they made a great effort. When you live and you make progress, then you make sure that, you know, the efforts didn't go in vain. That's all. Absolutely. Give your, you social, huh? give your social media information out. Oh, yeah. Yo, I'm at uh, IG, PMD underscore Mike underscore Doc. And on um, Facebook, um, PMD, parentheses, EPMD. Yo, got the some new works coming out, some new music coming out. And uh, it's just fun. You know, you got to build yourself. Don't forget, we from an outfit where I signed EPMD to Sleeping Bag, Def Jam, Red Man to R.A.L., Dossip X to uh, East West Records, Solo to Atlantic Records. You know, we did so much in music. And now it's here in the same form. But only digital, man. I don't got to make this up. They say everybody's in a computer. So if you're not in the computer, you're about to catch it out. Not only kidding. Mm. But that's what it really is. <sighs> I get it. <laughs> and you, Jeremy, uh, you got anything you want to shout out? Um, well, I just say uh, follow me uh, at Jeremy Comedy. I mean, I've been back in the streets, uh, you know, oh, doing wow. stuff, whatever. Uh, also, um, uh, yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Inspire91 uh <laughs> which is a really dope C cbd brand uh we mm. had the owner, uh jocelyn harper on last week so uh yeah when you get a chance just go to the inspire 91 instagram and they'll take you to the website whatever order what you want nice show i want to give a big shout out to the hit squad big shout out to rj you know what i mean shout out to the band the e-dub you know what i mean shout out to dos effects and shout out to hip hop, man. Thank God that there's hip hop. If there was no hip hop, where would we all be? So shout out mm -hmm. to the pioneers before me that inspired me. And big shout out to the far, you know, the far side for sure. Big shout out to the West Coast. All right. And Big oh, G. Man. Thank you. Stay on that business, man. No, we're going to touch base in the next two days. Okay, definitely. Yo, I'll be on standby because I need mine. No, we got it. I we see my it. man. He got his. I'm like, yo, but you know. It's all good. It all works out, man. <laughs> it all works out. Like, yo, I'm rocking yours. Big shout out to Lies Paparazzi for making it happen. Darcy. Yes, sir. EPMD all day, boy. Okay, so MC's out there. You better stand clear. EPMD is a world premiere.